We'll take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians 7th chapter, 10th verse. And unto thee married I command ye, not, not I but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband, but if she depart, let her be re, remain unmarried and be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife, but, but on the rest speak I, not the Lord, if my brother hath a, hath a wife that believeth not, and she is pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which hath a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. And for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband, else were your children unclean, but now they, now are they holy. And if the unbelieving depart, and let him depart, a brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband, or what knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? But as God has distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk, and so, and so ordained I in all the churches." Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not be come uncircumcised. If any man is any call in uncircumcision, let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing but the keeping of the commandments of God. Let every man buy in the same calling wherein he was called. Are you called being a servant? Care not for it. For if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, also he that is called being the free in Christ is Christ's servant. And ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called, therein abide with God. Let's pray together, please. And most gracious Heavenly Father, we do come before thy throne of grace, do look to thee that you would bless this time together, that you'd have mercy upon each one of us, that you open our eyes, that we might see the truth. And Lord, look to thee for strength and, uh, in the preaching of it, and that we'd have uh, ears to hear and hearts to perceive the word of truth. Pray your mercy to be upon those without Christ and the saints of God, that you bless each one according to their need. We pray these things in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. Amen. Divorce and remarried and and what we to do and not to do, but uh, some have made this uh, beyond what the scriptures do. Uh, <clears throat> you can be given, forgiven for murder, and you can be forgiven, and we just go on and on and on and different things. And, <clears throat> and so uh, there's nothing outside the pale. The, uh, if somebody is living in a situation where in the Old Testament they should be stoned to death, that's uh, usually indication that they can't be a member of the church. And uh, we'll look just a little bit at that. Uh, and these uh, three things that govern, verses 10 through 16, uh, Jesus', uh, Jesus uh, teachings, and then Paul's teaching by the Holy Spirit, and then the law. And uh, so we have these three things that governs marriage, and, and we say, well, the law is done away with, but... We'll see it sprinkled throughout uh, when it deals with the relationships between a husband and a wife. <laughs> One might say, I am free from the law, 
uh, but we're only free from its penalty. Uh, we're not uh, uh, free from the moral law. Uh, we're not free to murder, if you will, and say, well, I'm a Christian now and just go out and kill anybody I want to. And, and so we know better than that. And however, the ceremonial law, including the dietarial law and the civil law, are not binding on us, as if you will. We're set free in the New Testament. However, we're in the law, if you will, uh, granted man the right to divorce with cause. In the New Testament, Jesus uh, gives males and females the right, uh, same right with cause, if you will, uh, with, which is the principle found in Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye all are one, are one, all one in Christ Jesus. And we know that Jesus taught in the book of uh, Mark and those that where a woman has divorced her husband. And we assume that was a Jewish, I mean not a Jewish, but a Gentile woman that did that. Under Jewish law, you can't do that. A woman couldn't do that at all. Uh, the passage deals with married couples that where both are saved or uh, one is saved and the other lost. One of the conditions that we find with both were lost then when married, but then the Lord saves one. And in their day, this would have happened probably quite a bit. And uh, some people say, well, if you're married, you know the Lord's going to save you and save your children and all that. You don't know that. You just don't know that. And uh, if uh, these are one part uh, of the uh, <coughs> I mean, one of the couples believe in the Lord Jesus Christ at the Corinthian church, we'll use that example, and the other never did. And, and uh, so it says, well, the saved party might win the lost one in time. And, and then it says, and it tells us uh, conditions, uh, and, it, and it, it frees, if you will. It does away with the bondage, which we'll look at a little bit and, uh, in, in that particular case. And uh, that's when they <coughs> one is saved after they're married. And then it reminds them of being sanctified. And uh, a lot of people don't like that, that the husband sanctifies the wife, wife sanctifies the husband, and children are sanctified in the home. It's the same word that's used for saint. And, and so we'll look at that also, Lord willing, and we have time. <laughs> Marriage is for a lifetime. They're in Matthew 19. Matthew 19. Five and six, and he says, "For this cause shall a man leave a father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. Where what therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder." And so this is the basic tenet of marriage. This is, of course, Jesus speaking from Genesis, second chapter there. And as he speaks of the marriage, as man, they leave their family. Of course, Adam and Eve, in that passage, didn't have any parents to leave, but they joined together, and that was till death do them part. And so it's be a permanent thing. It's not to be a temporary thing or trying it out for a while and see if it's going to work. Whether married, lost, mixed marriage, uh, or, what, or, or you thought you made a mistake is for life, 
And it is God, is God in it, must be a man or a woman, God's, in God's sight, any other union is abomination. Somebody said, well, I don't, you know, I don't think the Lord is in this marriage when you marry. When you married, whether where you think the Lord's in it doesn't make any difference. That's a contract. And God recognized that contract has been permanent. <clears throat> and so if we, and we might want to call it a covenant, then we're talking about scriptures, but nonetheless, that's what it is. And we've seen words in here that says they're no longer under bondage, and that bondage means that they've been set free from the contract. <clears throat> and if they are still bound, uh, they are bond, bound to that original contract. And that's what it's speaking of, our covenant, uh, whichever way you want to put it. And so uh, once a man and a woman are joined in marriage, it is not to be put asunder. And I did mention that it has to be a male and a female. And I, and I, I put in here, they must be, have been born male and female. And it's a shame that in our day you've got to do that because we got all these transition people. One, once a man and woman are joined, uh, a consummation marriage is a marriage in God's sight, whether one thinks it is mock, fake, or whatever. As long as they think they're getting married, they're married. And, and uh, I'd mentioned in Kentucky, they had a law, I guess it's still in the books, if, uh, <clears throat> if the woman, I think it says woman, I think it's a gender there, thinks she's married, then they're married whether the guy just a crook or whatever he is, whatever games he may be playing, if, if she thinks she's married, then she's married. And whether it was a justice of the peace, a preacher, or somebody on the backside of the 40 acres, as long as she thinks she's married, then she's married. Under, that was under the law of, Cal, I mean, of Kentucky. And that's what I was talking about, fake marriages. Uh, I, you don't hear about that now, but if you read in history, you know that that was a, not a real common thing, but it's a thing that happened uh, often. And God sets the condition for the saints' marriage in Second Corinthians six fourteen: Be not be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship is righteousness with unrighteousness, and communion with light hath light with darkness? Again, in such a marriage, let no man. <coughs> Put it asunder. Now, we shouldn't be have mixed marriage, but if you go into that, then, and, uh, and in the beginning of it, that one's lost, one's saved, uh, then it's not to be put asunder either. And somebody said, well, you just read over there, preacher, this talking about <clears throat> one person in the marriage being saved, and then the other one, if you will, was not, and they was already married when that happened, in verse 11, but if, the, if, you had to, if she depart, and this was talking about this marriage, but this could be, uh, if you will, a regular uh, marriage where one was saved and one was lost. If the lost person want to leave, then they're free to go. You're not, and this is what it's speaking of. And, and, it, and it says... Uh, but if, if she depart, let her remain unmarried. Oh, this is a safe people, excuse me. Verse 11 is a safe person. But if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. And so this is the condition of safe people. God says, 
you be separated and not married again. If they separate, let them remain separate or be reconciled, not free to marry another. Uh, and look at Matthew 19, uh, 8, this time through 10. He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered that you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever putteth away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso <coughs> marrieth her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. And his, his disciples said unto him, If this be the case of, the, of man, so be sold with his wife, it is not good to marry. And so they, we notice that uh, in, in, uh, in Deuteronomy 24.1, it says, When a man had taken a wife and married her, and come to pass that he find, <coughs> find no favor in his eyes, because he has found some uncleanliness in her, then let, her, let him write her a bill of divorcement, and give it in her hand, and send her out of his house. Now, Jesus spoke when he started this. In verse 8, he says, and he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart. Now, Jesus describes what is an unclean thing. That's fornication. And now, the Jews took it. If she burnt the toast, that would be a cause to get rid of their wife. Now, a wife couldn't get rid of a husband in the, and if she did, then she'd be adulterous for all of her life. And so she couldn't break the marriage, if you will, but he could. And so if she done something, what is called unclean here, and if you read any, if you ever studied that particular verse in, in Deuteronomy, you know they would let, let their wives go for stupid reasons and, and marry another. And, and so... Uh, we see then that Jesus describes what uncleanness is, is fornication, and fornication is any illicit sex. And Jesus defining clean and fornication, and not just any cause, then Matthew 5, 31, 32 also. If fornication is involved, then the guilty party, the one that committed the fornication, fornication is the adulterer, and the innocent party is free. And... <clears throat> And I'm not going to get too much in innocent party and guilty party. I, uh, I was talking to a preacher one time, and, and he's talking about a particular person or family in there. They broke up anyway. One had, had run off with somebody, and, and he's talking about the innocent party and guilty party. <clears throat> and the one that's going to discipline, on the day that he's going to discipline, she came before the church and repented, <clears throat> and, and her new boyfriend was with her. And so I said, what would you do, brother? <laughs> he said, well, we forgave her. And so <clears throat> I, don't, I, I told him, I said, I'm not too sure about that. None of us, brother Purdue, he's talking, that's not beside the point. <clears throat> but the person, the point I'm making, uh, there is an innocent party and a guilty party in some situation where fornication is involved. Uh, summary of Jesus' uh, teaching, married couples may separate but they seek reconciliation no fault to divorce is not recognizable in the sight of god it's just foolishness of course that's man-made the key is to in malachi 16a for the lord the god of israel saith 
that he hateth putting away. And if you remember with Malachi, if you're familiar with Malachi 2, you know it's speaking about a divorce or the putting away. And again, in the Jewish tradition or law, a man could put away his wife, but his wife could not put away her husband. And so that was their address, of course, to the men there. In marriage, where one is saved and the other is lost, and that's verses 12 through 16, Paul had no direct commandment from the Lord, but he gives his, under, his understanding of it. Some says, well, this is not binding. I will remind you that the author of the Scriptures is the Holy Spirit. And Paul, he says, although this is not what Jesus taught, he says, this is what I think or what I believe. And the Spirit of God, <clears throat> if you will, I had it put in the Scriptures. And I don't know how more authoritative you uh, could have it. And if you say, well... I don't know about this one, preacher. Well, then you'd have to throw out all of Paul's writings because he says a lot of things that Jesus only went so far, and Paul takes what Jesus says and takes it further. And one of them is the book of Galatians that we read earlier. And so, and coming up with particulars where sometimes Jesus generalized, and Paul, if you will, comes up with the particulars. And he says in verse... and. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 40, in the last part, and I think also that I have the Spirit of God. And uh, I don't think there's any question. He's talking about how he's preached and, and taught in the demonstration power of the Holy Spirit there in the early chapters in 1 Corinthians. It appears that this is a situation where God saved one and not the other that have been married. A saint should never marry a lost person and... and uh, Although it's not prohibited, uh, <clears throat> I don't think they should marry out of the faith because that usually causes a lot of problems. Now, if one's in, a, in something like uh, idolatry, then that's, that <clears throat> that's not in the faith. <laughs> that's, that they're not close to the faith. But I'm talking about the faith, if you will, to what we, we hold to versus what some other might hold to. Uh, for instance, a Methodist and a Baptist. You can say, well, both of them are saved, and that's true, but they'll have troubles all their life. <clears throat> and, and this is uh, where uh, we need to, uh, if you will, use wisdom. And some say, well, I just love her, or I just love him, and so on and so forth. Well, you should never date anybody you shouldn't marry. My dad said, don't marry anybody you're not willing to marry. <clears throat> I mean, date anybody you're not willing to marry. And and I think that was good advice. <clears throat> and so we, uh, that's the problem. If we do things that we ought not to do, uh, then when we, uh, if you will, we follow through, we find, oh, I just love her to death, or I just love him to death, and so on and so forth. And I found as a preacher, you can't talk him out of it. I mean, once it's gone that far, then it's, <clears throat> then. Uh, you have to live with the consequences thereof, and sometimes it's the children that live with the greater uh, <coughs> consequences. It appears that this is a situation where God saved one and not the other, and that's what I believe it to be. If you disagree, then you can di hope you disagree silently <laughs> while we're preaching. <laughs> Saints should never marry a lost person. The idea of the Lord has saved a spouse later. 
And I've heard people say, well, I believe the Lord's going to save her later. And the next thing you know, about a year later, neither one of them come to church. <clears throat> you know, that's just, and, it, and I've seen that more than, more times than I even want to think about. Not only in the church I pastor, but other churches uh, have, where pastors speak of running the same situation. Although not mentioned here, one should not marry a saint. And as we already mentioned, I saw the faith. It is foolish for a saint to marry an intend who, uh, uh, intended who has made a profession of faith but not have any works to back them up. And uh, James 2.20, But will thou know, O vain man, that the faith without works is, being, is dead? And, of course, it's that dead being alone. And I've seen this happen in churches too. And it's usually where the one says, well, I can't marry you unless you start coming to church. And he said, well, okay. And they start coming to church. Well, I can't marry you unless you're baptized. And next thing you know, they're baptized. And then two or three years later, they're not in church. Or at least he or she is not, whichever one it was. And you cannot... If you think uh, you can make, it's like, to me, it's like, repeat after me. And uh, you'll be saved if you do this. And the only way I'm going to marry if you're saved. And so they go through the motions because they want to marry the, uh, <coughs> uh, the person that they have fallen in love with. All saints, as all saved or lost, should marry seeking the highest moral standard in the marriage. Not the bo- base, the bottom. And we see some of the things that goes on in our society. And, and to me, it's scary because I know God won't put up with it for a long time. A good reason that your association might be led to lead them to the Lord, 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2. Likewise, you wives, be subjection to your own husband that... If they obey not in word, they also may without word be won by the conversation of the wife while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Now the ideal of all this in in Simon Peter's epistle and Paul's epistle that the saved person might, if you will, win the other one unto the Lord and we notice it says without word. You thought, well, how can you do that without word? You live for Christ, they'll see Christ in you. And and yes, if if they're God's people, they'll they'll get the gospel in time. But the point is saying here is that you this is your witness to them, and that we should be a good witness. <clears throat> they are called unclean, though uh, they are not called unclean, though lost, but sanctified. And this is one of those things we don't see in the New Ta- Old Testament. Nehemiah uh, nine, <clears throat> Ezra nine, and Nehemiah nine. You see that they're 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 unclean, uh, and uh, but in the in the in the church or in uh, if you will in our time, uh, there's no difference between male or female or Jew or Gentile, and so you cannot say that person's unclean because they're a Jew or they're because they're a Gentile or something else, and so in the church that doesn't count, and it says these and except our children be unclean. Uh, brother was talking about the uh, the one born of a harlot. She probably was a Jewish woman. We don't know that, but she probably was. But nonetheless, according to law, he couldn't inherit. I mean, that he he just 
uh, he was unfit, he was unclean, and uh, uh, yet we see their standards. All his father had to do was just make her a concubine. He'd been, uh, if you will, uh, in the family, but that's not what happened there. The saved spouse sanctified the marriage. However, the lost one wants to separate, let them be loosed, <coughs> and that is divorce. God has called saints to peace in regards to the saints' feeling. Uh, in the minor, they are to they are are to let the lost one decide whether the marriage stands or falls. <clears throat> and a t- brother or sister is not under bondage in such minors. The First Corinthians seven fifteen b, and doesn't mean they're not under bondage. They're not under contract. The contract's been broken. If it's the other way around, then uh, where if we have a uh, Christian family uh, or lost people, whoever it is, if they separate, then there's a, there's a, uh, there's a covenant there or, or bondage or uh, agreement that's been broken. Here it says they're not under bondage. And so that means the brother or sister is free to marry uh, if they should desire. Marriage is a legal contract both in heaven and earth. However, it will be judged according to the heavenly contract, not to according to the earthly contract. And the earthly con- contract would have men and men, women and women. And that's not recognized in the heavenly contract at all. God's standard is the once married, the only provision for breaking his death. However, is real uh, by our Lord. Uh, when one of the spouses commits fornication, then this action, if you will, is they become the one that's the at fault in the matter. And Paul adds to this provision that about the lost spouses, says they're, they're not under bondage. And what does the bondage mean? And, of course, again, you're bound to a contract. If you sign a contract to <clears throat> buy a car on time, and you say, I'm going to pay you $200 a month. That's your contract. And then you think, well, this is a piece of junk. I'm not going to pay it. And so they'll come back and sue you because you broke the contract. Even if it is a piece of junk. <clears throat> and this is what it's speaking of. You're guilty or you're bound by the contract that has been signed. And no matter or been entered into. No matter the earthly contract says, it is again what God says that counts. 1 Corinthians 7.39, the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. And remember that was a church, that in the church um, there is a difference in Galatians 3.28 again. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And so, even though in the Jewish law there was prohibit, there was a prohibition, if you will, against uh, women divorce. Uh, they have the same privilege in the New Testament only, if you will, for cause according to what God says. The new convert, what are they to do? They're in the last verses then. This teaching was not made uh, not to make new converts or those that have been saved for a time but never knew the teaching or make radical changes to the life. He says, how are you saved? That's where you stay. If you're a slave and you've been saved, then you stay a slave. 
If you got 23 wives, you don't get through, rid of 22. You stay in the condition wherein you were saved. <clears throat> and if you was uh, if you was a, a gangster, that would be a little different story because you got to put off all wickedness. And that would uh, uh, some have said, you know, if you're a crook, then you stay a crook. I don't know. I don't mean that at all. But in the saved lifestyle, you found and. And they use the circumcision and uncircumcision. And if you follow it through, <clears throat> there's some things and that is impossible to do because uh, the circumcision can't become uncircumcised. But it says we're not to change that. We're not to worry about that. We just leave it aside. And according as God has called us, we stay in there. But then if you're a slave and you have an opportunity to get free, then be free. And he's talking about through legal terms, not just, well, I'm going to run off and nobody's looking and I'm going to run across the field and get away. That's not talking about that. It's talking about if you have the freedom or the ability to be free, then take it. If a person has a vocation that is not immoral, then they should stay put in that. In Ephesians 6, 5 through 8, servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and in the, the singleness of heart as unto Christ, not with eye service, as man-pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart <coughs> with good wills, with good will doing service as the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall be received of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And, and so uh, this is just speaking of a slave. If he's a slave, you're not going to do man, uh, as a manservant or a woman servant, not just eye pleaser, if you will, a clock watcher. Uh, we're to, if you will, it, it serve as serving Christ. This will not only work for slaves, this will be work for anybody that works, that we should work as unto the Lord, as it mentions in another passage. We're the servants of Christ, Jesus <coughs> bond servants and so we are slaves to, uh, to him and he is the master and we are the slaves Amen. and if we understand that uh, then we are limited if you will in what you can and can't do because the master had total control over his slaves and Jesus has total control over his people and, and he sets the rules and so we say, well, I don't like this one, I don't like that one, it doesn't make any difference. If you understand the relationship we have, you say, well, he's our elder brother. Absolutely, he is our brother. <clears throat> he, is our, he is our savior, he's our redeemer, but he's also our master. Yep. And so in those things, it's not only because he is God that we should obey him, because he is the master, we should obey him. In Second Thessalonians 1, 11, and 12, for, for also we pray always for you that our God may count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all good pleasures of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ might be, may be glorified in you and ye in him according to grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so <clears throat> we're to do those things that brings not a shame to the Lord, but brings glory to the Lord. <clears throat> the saints are free in Christ, and yet his slaves that we mentioned, 1 Peter 2.6 says, free 
and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. <laughs> and, and one is saved. Uh, when they're idolaters, they are to forsake, of course, their ungodliness. And as I mentioned, the gangster should change his job and so on and so forth. Um, but it's talking about those things wherein we, uh, like a slave, you stay a slave until God allows you to be free. And we know some of the famous people of our uh, heritage when we think about landmarkism, that some of those preachers were slaves. and uh, But they had... Uh, they had pretty a lot of freedom, let me put it that way. Church cannot take someone into its membership uh, that they would have to discipline as a member. I mean, to me, that's quite evident, but uh, <clears throat> there's some that practice a little different on that, and they can't attend until they uh, correct deficiency and then be taken to church, like the man married to his father's wife or... Uh, and we hope it was his former wife in 1 Corinthians 5. However, they have an off-beaten mistake. Uh, ideas of doctrine are to be received, Romans 14, 1. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not unto doubtful disputation. The doubtful disputation is somebody's argumentative about their ideals. And these are... If someone comes in to learn in the church, although they say, well, I don't know about that head covering, I don't know about this, I don't know about that, I don't know about that, this, that, and the other, we could name a lot of things and put it in there. But nonetheless, uh, that doesn't prevent them, not to doubt the doubtful disputation, unless they're arrogant about it. And if they're arrogant about the teachings of the church, then that is and doubtful disputation that is, if you will, interrupting and and uh, uh, that is the uh, <clears throat> not per- permitted. And the, one of the definitions of uh, and doubtful disputation is quarrelsome about their opinion. Neither the stronger <clears throat> one to split hairs over doctrine than belittle the weaker brethren, for instance, and. I teach God's whole counsel. I'll put in there a half an hour, and uh, some think they can do that. Uh, examples, saved Jews were not sure whether to eat all the food or the Romans that did not understand that those gods were no gods at all. Therefore, it became those that ate uh, vegetables only believing they could not eat, <coughs> eat meat offered to the idols which would have been practically all meat because they'd have the priest come and bless it. I mean, then they was usually offered at the temple and the temple got a cut of the, of the things that was sold in the, in the shambles as mentioned in the scriptures and uh, gone to Catholic picnics, but uh, suspicious that the priest had blessed that mutton, a barbecue, a barbecue uh, before they had it. And uh, the point I'm making is some things we, uh, we need to be careful about. And uh, this is one of the reasons that new converts had a problem because they wasn't for sure what they could eat or couldn't eat. And Paul said he knew to eat meat or drink wine or drink, and, <clears throat> all, and that is forever. I can't, I can't call the direct quote to my mind. <clears throat> if it would hurt a weaker brother. 
And so his idea was we don't do anything to hurt the weaker brother. And so they may be weak when they come into church and a lot of things they need to learn. And let me say to you, a person just been saved, they got a lot of things they got to learn. And, and God teaches in time. Marriage is a serious institution, one that should not be taken lightly. Some would say it is better not to marry, but it clearly shows that committing fornication is worse. <clears throat> and however, once married, both should strive to make go of it and, and if you will, and not look for a way out. Uh, and sometimes somebody... Uh, put a bug in somebody's ear as if you married up or you married down or all these types of things. Let me say, when you're married, you're married. That's it. And we should strive to keep it as Jesus gave it to us and the principles of the Scripture until death do you part.